the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. Washington tramp sat down with Ellen Greenspan's wife, Andrea Mitchell. What do you think the net worth of Ellen Greenspan is? It's going to be up there. There's somebody who will never be audited. And that brings me to the broader point. I mean, what failure specifically will take down this comedy act of a government we have? Which one? I mean, if the bankrupting of the richest, most powerful country didn't do it, does it really matter? They shoot balloons down with $500,000 rockets. You expect that. They're idiots, and you know it. But what will be the catalyst that the people will say, I've had enough of this? Because when you think about what we're watching, it's theater. It's just to keep us complacent. It's a show for you to stay nice and calm. And that brings you to the realization you have 18.2 million people work for just the, the, the local governments, the state, the federal, the municipalities. When you include federal government, you're around 24 million people directly derive their check from this Keystone Comedy Act we call government. So they're, they have a vested interest for this scam to go on. They like the whole system of extorting from the people that aren't in government. And now think about how many people have those phony baloney companies at O'Hare Airport. Right? They, and they exist on the phony scams. Well, take O'Hare Airport and times it by 50 states, and that's the game we're against. There's only a few of us. And I've never liked the idea that we have a system that selects these politicians. They're not elected. It's a game we play. That's why when somebody comes from outside the system, they go crazy. And they personally attack them, and there's an onslaught. And if there's even talk outside of a few small areas that we're going to stop the scam, that is the American government, chaos ensues. Then no one wants to focus on the kind of failures that you see from Joe Biden on a minute-to-minute basis. That's the beauty of Joe Biden. He is truly a gift to people with an IQ over 60 who are not in on the scam because you'll never have faith in anything the government tells you. So when they light chemicals on fire and it turns out to be worse than Chernobyl, you'll expect it. And that's how government should be treated in this country. There's no question about it. But how does it really maintain the power? It cheats, it lies, it steals, and it all starts with the elections. Once again, uh, good afternoon. Thank you, everyone, for being here today on such short notice. Um, I'm here today to inform you about an investigation that's been going on with us for quite some time now, and it led to the arrest of uh, Lodi City Council member Shakir Khan today at approximately 8 o'clock. This- Lodi City Council is in, a, is in California. This is a scumbag who got caught undeniably. But there's more to the story than just California and a councilman. This morning, 
this investigation came to our attention in two different ways. One, through the current investigation against Councilman Shakir Khan that he's been going to court through that you all know about, and also by our private citizens here in San Joaquin County who have been concerned over uh, our election process here in our county and in our state and in our country. And uh, so uh, they have brought some things to our attention that we acted on, and uh, all this led to our final investigation here in the outcome today. I want to make it clear that this investigation has only uncovered criminal activity in our county here in a local election. It has nothing to do, it had no impact on any state or federal elections that we know of at this time. That's how you know it did, because he's another government employee. Now, granted, like every other part of society, only a third are really good. There's a third that are crooks. And there's a third that are just waiting for pensions. That's how the breakdown of humanity is. Sorry to break it to you, but that's the ugly truth of who we are as human beings. It's our job as the good ones to make sure the rats are afraid. This is a good day, but we need to really kind of focus on the damage and the impact this one Democrat roach California councilman had. And now imagine how it really looks in these key areas. A new twist after a local politician is put in cuffs. Charges of voter fraud against Shakir Khan come as a separate criminal case from 2019 moves forward. Khan's attorney tells us tonight his client was under duress when a city official forced him to resign without any legal representation there. He says Khan has not stepped down from his post on the city council, okay. but the That's sheriff's office says there's a long though. list of evidence that shows Khan violated the public's trust. This is the part to focus on. A Lodi city councilman cuffed as the city's mayor makes a bold statement about Shakir Khan on social media. And I had the opportunity to speak with him here at the county jail and ask for his resignation effective immediately. But Khan's attorney, Alan Sawyer, tells CBS 13 his client was coerced into resigning without council present. He maintains Khan has recanted and is still on the job. In my mind, that it influenced the outcome of this election. The San Joaquin County Sheriff's Office arrested the 33-year-old on eight counts of voter fraud after they say a search warrant at his home uncovered dozens of sealed and completed mail-in ballots from the 2020 election. Authorities say that's when they found irregularities in the voter rolls. There were 232 people registered to vote with an address um, to our local prisons. There were 4,144 people uh, that were 90 years old and older. Uh, And we even found one person on the voter rolls by the name of Jesus Christ. CBS 13 political analyst Gary Dietrich says this case will likely reignite concerns. Yes, because this one councilman Roach, one guy, that's 4,600 votes. And you're you're to be told don't question the outcome? Move along with with a system that not only can you not audit, it's in the law that they burn the ballots. Why why would that be in the law? You mean the way that they burn the chemicals and poison the people in Ohio? Why is that in the law? Because they're covering their ass. Because there's tens of millions of people that rely on what you see before you. The outrageous stupidity of a government that, just when you think they can't get any stupid, any, any, any more dumb, any more mistakes, they prove you wrong. Now it seems some amateur balloonists based right here in the suburbs may be caught up in this military mess. 
The Illinois Battle Cap Balloon Brigade says one of its 32 balloons launched from Winnetka is missing in action. The group's blog shows contact was lost over Alaska the same day the U.S. military shot down that unidentified object in the same region. The balloon. Are you fracking kidding me? $500,000 missile to the Northern Illinois Bottle Cap Balloon Brigade? You got to love the name. You got to love the whole thing. But what did you expect when you put this idiot, aside from just being a political whore, an idiot in charge of anything? Now, we'll also continue to engage with China, as we have throughout the past two weeks. As I've said since the beginning of my administration, we seek competition, not conflict with China. We're not looking for a new Cold War. But I make no apologize. I make no apologies. And- Shut the f*** up! Exactly, you freaking idiot. How stupid does he have to be? How many mistakes do we have to go through? What you see in Ohio, that's just modus operandi for an organization where people sit on their ass and do absolutely nothing and get a check. They're ghost jobs where every once in a while they have to appear. And when they do appear, when they do show up, what happens? Hey guys, so I'm here at Leslie Run, and there's dead worms and dead fish all throughout this water. So, something I just discovered is that if you scrape the creek bed, it's like chemical is coming out of the ground. You- sure, J.D. Vance, that's what happens. That's what happens. And in the meantime, they tell the people to go back to your house. Go back to my house. Forget about the groundwater and the rest of it. You made it dust. You blew it up. It's every fracking where, and the wind is moving it everywhere. And what's the answer for these people? Now, I know there's been a lot of questions about FEMA and calling in FEMA for aid. At this point, based on what FEMA has told us and continues to tell us, my chief of staff talked to them again this morning, we do not qualify for assistance. Although FEMA is synonymous with disaster support, they're most typically involved with disasters where there's tremendous harm or property damage. FEMA is a bureaucracy of incompetence, if I'm kind, of corruption, if I can read. What did they ever get right? You know, it's funny. I went through Ian. I am an Ian refugee. And when you see what FEMA did in southwest Florida, you realize how stupid they are, how incompetent, and how much money they have. And in the meantime... They're not interested in helping the American people. What do you mean? You have a restriction on helping these people? First of all, the government lit the fracking thing on fire. The government that was bribed by the railroad company, bribed. You're not going to give them $29 million a year if you don't need all kinds of eyes turned when you have faulty regulations. In fact, we now know that the train was on fire 20 miles before the derailment. Sparks on a surveillance camera on fire. Lines on East Palestine. I wanted a first person account of what it's like for train crews that have the heavy responsibility to transport these hazardous chemicals. This is my run. This is it. This is my run. For 40 years, David Farwick served as an engineer for Norfolk Southern Railroad. What was your first reaction? It was just like, how did this happen? The NTSB is already focused on what appears to be the rail car that started it all. The key piece of video evidence that surfaced appears to show sparks or fires surrounding the wheel bearing and axle area of one of the train cars, about 20 miles before the derailment. I can't help but notice, didn't the union want more days off? They wanted free vacation, right? 
Well, what the workers do? You didn't see this? It's on a camera. 20 miles ago, there's no alarms on the train. Why would an industry donate $30 million to politicians? $30 million a year the railroad industry gives to politicians. 60% Democrats, 40% Republicans. Why? You saw that video. What was your first indication? You mean the surveillance video of the, the, the like, bearing that was shooting out sparks? Mm-hmm. That was that was a telltale sign because there's so much pressure, so much on that bearing that it won't last long sparking that hot, that much. It's not clear if the crew was alerted about those sparks and the trouble sensors along. Was a drug test given to the engineer and anybody on that train? Was a drug test given to the areas that the train drew, drove by where there's supposed to be maintenance and observation? You see, because it's one giant scam. It doesn't matter. The more polit- politically connected you are, the more clout you have. Then you're like the sewer of Chicago. How many guys are on the payroll? They don't even know where they're supposed to be every day. That's the scam. So this whole thing about the election, ooh, I hope it's Trump in 24 or DeSantis or Carrie Lake, it doesn't matter. They're not elected, they're selected. And the only story to really focus on today is this one. About election integrity. I wouldn't be surprised if this case actually gets national attention about people who are saying, what gives? How can these people possibly get away with this? The regist- Because it's a game. There's a reason these companies would rather bribe a slick scumbag pimp on K Street. Because he knows who's making the decisions are the 537 whores. And yes, we're going to cover Kamala Harris when I get back. 312-642-5600. Make money, smoke cigars, and live free on The Sean Thompson Show. On AM560, The Answer. Fantastic Friday. Don't forget to party like a Ukrainian lobbyist when the show's over, but not before. In the meantime, I promised you, let's go to the easiest, easiest lunch date in political history, which is really saying something when you factor in the Kennedys. And in Joe Biden, we have a president who is probably one of the boldest and strongest American presidents we have had in his response to the needs of the American people. Line dog fish, pony soldier. The pony soldier speaks with a tongue of the snake that rattles. It is standing bear who speaks with a forked tongue. There's a lot of forked tongues. Boy, oh boy, that might be, that might explain why she is where she is. Steve and Elgin. Steve? Yes, sir. How are you, brother? Good. How about you? Love your Good show. Day. Thank you. I appreciate that. All I wanted to say was I, I, I own a company that does a lot of contracting for the railroad, and we deal with their environmental people every day. And it just seems like it's all about job justification instead of really understanding what's important and really being concerned about the environment instead of just trying to make it look like you are concerned. I remember years ago when the refinery got caught in Lake Michigan dumping chemicals into Lake Michigan. The EPA didn't want them to clean it up. They wanted to fine them. And then I remember reading that the EPA keeps 50% of the money that it fines companies. When the EPA comes out, is it interested in cleaning up the environment or fining you? 
I, I guess I think they're just more interested in finding you. I mean, yeah, don't get in trouble. I don't want you to lose your job. Thank you for listening no, and no. the show. Thank you. I appreciate Thank you for that, the bro. show. Have a, have a great weekend. Thank you. You too, you too, my friend. See, that's the problem. Good people shaken down by a bureaucracy that's incentivized to extort you. EPA doesn't want to clean anything up. They want in on the scam. And how smart are they? Bunch of pot-bellied morons standing around. We got a chemical fire. I don't know. I think we should light it. What do you say? Well, what could go wrong? Frecking morons. Uh, Mike, Evergreen Park. Hey, Sean, this is Mike. How you doing? Splendid. How are you? Uh, I'm doing all right. Two things. Uh, first of all, the reason you're not hearing any of this on the major news network is because the major investors of Norfolk Southern are Vanguard and BlackRock, the same ones that are major investors into the major news corporation. Well, it's a subsidiary, too, of Berkshire Hathaway, if I remember correctly. I think Norfolk and Union Pacific are direct subsidiaries of the guy who should be sitting in a park with a trench coat on and no no pants. Warren Buffet. Go ahead. It's all tied together. Second point, and, and the true point is, the railroads have cut personnel in the past 10, 15 years from one and a half million employees that work on these trains, that run these trains from one and a half million down to about, what, 500,000 now. They run on a rapid rail schedule. And that's, that's one of the reasons that Biden didn't give them the seven days, or Biden didn't get his seven days off or didn't give them their seven days off because they run short on people. They are so low on maintenance people, engineers, they, conductors. Yeah, They're high on lobbying money. If you look, you can find this at Open Secrets. The railroad industry has donated, on average, $27.8 million a year for the last 20 years. So a, a, an industry that doesn't have enough employees could take some of that money. I, I'm assuming they could hire some. But yet what they'd rather do is buy corruption because this is the system of government we have. Now, everybody get excited about the next politician who can run because he gets his money from these corrupt mafia uh, lobbyists. It's a system that really makes me sick, Mike. Thank you very much for showing some light, shedding some light on it. I truly appreciate it. All right, let's bring him around because we all know he doesn't have much going for him. What's the date today? Oh, yeah. Oh, no, he just got his check. Cream Puff Jim, it's T-Bone Steak Sandwiches for you. I'm flush. I'm flush. Uh, yeah, you're loaded. You, 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 but you know what me? What is the political analyst railroad story? I, I can't. I can't. Uh, I can't Do you just, my... Are you one of those Democrats like for the dailies where you don't really listen to what anybody's saying? You're listening to the music in your head until they stop talking? I just showed you what the, what the angle like is. That, yeah. They're bribing the regulators. They're bribing the politicians who are directing profit onto the rail that would normally be in the, in the trucking industry. Or shipping. Now you've got your profit. Now they, they, they bribe them to turn a blind eye on regulation. So they were able to cut the employees they're supposed to have to monitor the safety of the rails, which is why you average 1,704 derailments a year since 1990. And who, who owns the rail system? Berkshire Hathaway and, and the corrupt Wall Street. Why do you think they give the money to the Democrat mafia? Who gives them, ironically, when they roll snake eyes, they give them your money in bailouts. And you don't understand the political connection? Oh. I can't. I can't. But they, they spread it around. The four wow. parties. What do I expect? I mean, you obviously haven't been reading the back of those hostess cupcakes you've been eating. You're obviously <laughs> you're not right. paying attention. Have a good you weekend. Too, it's good you're- news for the erotic massage industry. Uh, Susan. 
Highland Park. Hi there. So I know a little bit about this. My brother, sadly, is a litigator for British Petroleum and dealt with oh. some of these messes. And they should Susan, be declaring. I'm at five. I'm at four thirty. You're hanging on. Don't hang up. Okay. Hold on. Okay. We're coming to you first when we get back. We'll expose this rat mafia. 312-642-5600. He will never negotiate his constitutional rights with the government. Live free or die on The Sean Thompson Show. On AM560, The Answer. Incentivized to extort. The bureaucracies keep a portion of the fines. They need to keep the front going. It's why... Pfizer settled the biggest lawsuit in its history after the opioid crisis, after they lied to the people about Oxycontin and other drugs. And what was the next thing to happen? Oh, they were given a trillion-dollar bribe. I'm sorry. uh, Payment for a vaccine, and they were given immunity from the ramifications. Oh, I've got an update on that as well. But let's get back to Susan in Highland Park. Hi, Susan. Hi there. So I was saying I have little experience with this. My brother is a litigator for BP. I'm not proud of that, but that's what he does. And there's a major case to be made here, obviously, of gross negligence with ripple effects on their land values, their livelihoods, and their loss of business, as well as their personhood. Um, All these consequential damages added up. The, the EPA has the power to put together a Superfund site to do the cleanup. And the trick is to get these citizens of the 4,600 or however many people are in that town to get representation early on because the way the EPA rolls and suing Norfolk, you get one bite out of the apple because they never let you come back for the next and the next and the next. And you can't so, sue the government, so you can only sue Norfolk, Norfolk, a company that has been bribing the government for protection. And, and they will be given guidance from the EPA. They work an agreement with the EPA on how much cleanup is really necessary. So they need independent examiners to look at what the EPA is concocting to say if it's reasonable or not. So they But have, if this boils down to being the direct result of a bureaucrat saying light it on fire, if this boils yeah. down to the direct result of a bureaucrat okaying the payload and licensing whatever it was, the people who are victims can go whistle Dixie because you cannot sue your government in this country. So in there lies the problem. And then if you sue Norfolk, they just file bankruptcy, dissolve, and become part of Union Pacific, and the beat goes on. Because, you know, this is the part I'd love to know your brothers. Your brother represents companies against this kind of... I'd love to know his take and his prediction on it. And ultimately, what's the worst-case scenario? EPA finds Norfolk, and who gets the money? It's like when, when Illinois, they caught uh, Comet in, in bed with uh, Mike Madigan. Who gets the money? The frickin' government. It's a scam. Well, they're all going to try to limit their liabilities and beat up the next guy to make sure they can assign blame to the next guy. That's what goes on in these You know what I think about, Susan? I think about when I couldn't afford to just pick up and go. And like these people, can you imagine if you have kids? And you know what this is airborne. It's all over your house. It's all over the grass. It's in everything. It's everywhere. You never know. They don't have the resources to sell their home because no one's going to buy it, and they they're they're low income, so they're stuck. And this is this is going on on our watch, and it's it's a it's ridiculous. And seventy percent of them, 
didn't vote for the Democrats. So the government Correct. is a malicious government. One thing about gangsters, they have no mercy. And that's why when I was down here with Ian in, in Fort Myers Beach, hardcore Republican, there was one trailer, one, and it was locked. That's how it really works. This is a gangster government, and they persecute their enemies. Thank you very much, Susan. I appreciate the call. Uh, George, Naperville. Uh, Sean, I think college kids in a dorm room would take a bong water spill more serious than our government did with this train disaster. <laughs> yeah, and I'll tell you what, not one of those kids who are high would say light it. Do you imagine the morons? Controlled burn. What the hell is that? You want to talk about a word salad? Controlled burn. There's no such thing. It's just a fire you hope doesn't, you don't, you don't get caught in. Rob in Aurora. Hey, Sean, how's it going? Good, Rob. How are you? Hey, I wanted to speak to, uh, you know, I, I am not personally working for the railroad, but I wanted to speak to uh, uh, the working conditions that some of these guys, like from what I've heard from both guys that are in the railroad and guys that have gotten out and taken significant pay cuts mm-hmm. leaving the railroad, it, they it, they talked about how, uh, you know, it, they they don't give you well no holiday time. You can understand that the railroad's got to run twenty four seven, but also like the the time off, you know yeah. the time. I had off an uncle who always... was an engineer till he died, and he died yeah. on the birthday he was supposed to retire, and they didn't give him his pension. This is way back in the eighties, and my cousin, my aunt, lawyers, and all the rest of it. They have the ultimate power. They 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 often screw the workers, but yet they pay their management very well. Because their management isn't on the fix. And it's, you know, it's a terrible system. But if you go back, Rob, I'll never forget I read a book about the, the Commodore, Vanderbilt. You go back to when railroad was really the, the, the main form of transportation, and you see how Vanderbilt's biggest adversary wasn't the demand for what he had or even acquiring land. His biggest adversary was government. And all these congressmen uh-huh. in all these areas were shaking him down. They were buying up the real estate. They were diverting. They were making things difficult. This is what the government has. We don't have a representative republic the way they tell the kids. What Sean, we have Sean, is these, an extortion these rail, mafia. These rail, Sean, these rail unions have insurance built in for when you uh, you have to go on uh, 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 no pay. Yeah. No pay for uh, repercussions. Yeah. I mean, it's screwed up. Hey, but Here's Sean, the thing, Rob, real there's quick, a I reason sh- they pay them $30 million a year. There's a reason. Why would an industry that doesn't need government... Oh, yeah, you got to pay them off. Right. You're bri- it's open bribery. Yeah. Hey, I got a shout-out to my little brother. He's listening to you right now at the gun range, honing his skills. Nice. But anyways, love you. I got to get back to my little girl well, here. Go ahead, brother. Take care. That's more important. You take pictures, too, when they're little. Because when they're in college and they're bothering you for pizza money, it's aggravating. Tony... Portage, Indiana. Sean, I understand that there was a 10-day-old infant that got fentanyl poisoning that in New York, it is up 140% for babies with fentanyl poisoning. Where are they getting it from? Is it in the... uh, it's the only industry that isn't experiencing any inflation or any supply chain problems. It's the Sinaloa Mafia, and they're doing great. And the ramifications are 138,000 Americans that died in one year, twice the amount of soldiers yeah. we lost in Vietnam in nine. Yeah. yeah. Not good. 
or ten? Was this, it your ten? Is, how this long fent, this is, is this fentanyl in the formula coming from China or where? I don't. I haven't heard where it's coming from. Well, here's the thing. The crack government is on it. The same ones who can't find the balloons they shot down. They're in on it, and I'm sure we're going to get to an answer about seven days after we're dead. Thank you very much, Tony. It's very infuriating. And uh, he did mention fentanyl, didn't he? I think he did. you ashamed for what you've done to this country? Congressman, I have so much to say. you got a minute and 17 seconds to say it. In response to what you have just said, it is so profoundly offensive. Oh, but it's true, my orcas. And that's what you have to start to ask these people. I wonder, is the uh, FDA, I'm sorry, the EPA ashamed of what they did? Is the bureaucrat that decided to light it on fire and make it airborne, make the thing a thousand times worse, is he ashamed of what he did? No. He'll just back off into the shadows and wait for his check. And by the way, you can recognize the ones that made the decisions. They're in the hazmat suits. Lying rich. Rich, Indian Head Park. Hey, Sean, how are you doing tonight? Splendid. Listen, here's what I wanted to, uh, I wanted to ask you a question. Uh, and then I, I have something about in, uh, of the inflation for you. Right. you should need, You're like you Andrea know. Mitchell. All right, hurry up. <laughs> yeah, the first thing is, uh, have you ever seen an administration that is so incompetent as, as this one is? Yeah, the Bush. The, the Bush administration, administration was close. The Bush. Well, this one is, I think, more This so. one kills our people. Got, Bush is, at least the Bush has killed foreigners. Yeah, go ahead. You got, you got uh, from uh, from the vice president to Mayorkas to uh, now this Buddha judge. He yeah. doesn't even have, uh, he doesn't even go down to the uh, town hall to tell the people what's going on. Yeah. You know, with this disaster. Well, he's probably frolicking. And then you have FEMA, who, uh, who's not going to give any disaster aid. Yeah. How ridiculous is that? You know, Rich, and, and, and as you the, were talking, I was thinking, too, about the Barack. He likes big butts, and he cannot lie. Obama administration. Right. Don't forget, 87%, I think it was, 87% of his, uh, his drone strikes killed innocent people. Yeah. Here's right. the good news. The Barack Obama's administration and George Bush and Dick Cheney, they killed foreigners. This one's killing Americans. That's the difference. 312-642-5600. I was listening to the Sean Thompson show. I am saddened that this guy supposedly represents us. I mean, I am appalled. He's just disgusting. Sexist pig. And an absolute disgrace. Thank you. Now you're talking, squirrel. Oh, yeah. This is when... Rachel Levine couldn't walk into discotheque and get asked, would you like a drink, miss? And that didn't happen. Well, you Friday night. Let that one breathe a little. No time You're making me want to leave. Put the top down and turn the song up. Will. I'm sorry. George and Will County. Yeah, this is the back. Hey, hold on. Yeah, it is. <laughs> hey, you was asking a question whether or not if these railroad personnel would have to take drugs. Well, there's five conglomerations within the federal government of more bureaucracy that overlooks all safety for carriers. There's the FMCSA, which is handling for the trucks. You got the TAA, um, the FAA, you have TSA, and then there's one other one out there for, um, for covering the land. 
And yes, anytime a major accident occurs, they're supposed to be drug testing for this exact reason. But they come down hard on the trucks and we're regulating how many hours a driver can drive and how a truck is supposed to be set up. But they don't have that same, um, um, they don't have the same restrictions and that same scrutiny on the railroad. And then you have to worry, right? They're going to cover their own ass. Yep. You know that. Did we ever yep. get the blood alcohol level for Paul Stinky Hammer Pelosi on either incident, both the DUI where he injured somebody and they settled quickly with a sack of cash, or when he answered the door with a drink in his hand and no pants? Did we ever get the blood alcohol level on uh, Stinky Hammer's Pelosi? Absolutely not. Why yes. should they? You know, so it's again, like, like, it's like say, Daly's it's nephew. You remember when Daly's nephew killed a 90-pound weakling on Rush Street? Absolutely. He sucker punched him, yep. that big fat pig. What happened? You didn't find out what the blood alcohol level was. He was swept away, and he went to work for Rahm Emanuel's brother in, in California. Right? So, I, I, you know, I wish I could believe in a bureaucracy, but you'll have to forgive me. I'm from Chicago. Thank you, George. Thank you. Love the call. Love the call. Jack Whiting, Indiana. Sean, how are you? Good, Jack. This Thanks. was an example of the greatest incompetence I've ever seen. I've been on a hazmat team pretty much most of my career, and the last thing you want to do is blow up a rail car. Now, I would have loved to have been in that command post to see who sold who that idea. Hey, let's blow this up, and then, yeah, we'll take care of that problem, but what about all the chemicals and the other rail cars? I mean, it, call me, and I, a, I'm a novice, but... You can see with your eyes what the result was of that decision. And you mean to tell me there wasn't a way to clean that up yes, there is. with less they damage? Have, uh, before they blew it up, the videos that I've seen, it looked like most of the fires were out and it looked like just residual relief valves that were burning, which is okay. They could have got a team in there and hooked up some pipe work to offload these cars. But that would take at least a week to two weeks to completely do that. And I'll bet you that railroad, I'll bet you my last paycheck that that railroad pushed to get them lines open. Oh, absolutely. Jack, do yourself a favor. You want to really get sick to your stomach? Because here's what I think about. Are those people that are trapped in that, oh, in that town? This is going to go on for generations with them with oh, the people. Plus, it's airborne. You, it, I, I'm assuming it might have blown into a different area. But here's the thing. Look at this J.D. Vance, this congressman. You can see it. I have the clip of sound, but it's more important to see it when he just takes the stick and rubs the riverbed. I mean, it is oh. unfracking believable. And then with and a straight dope. face, these political whores who would hit their mother in the face with a shovel if she was standing on a nickel, they tell them, yeah, you're okay. Go back to your house. I mean, the, the, right. the audacity, the outrageous balls on these guys. Thank you very Did much. You ever... yeah. All right. What were you going to say? No, say it again. All right. Did you ever hear of uh, the disaster in Michigan in St. Louis? It's called St. Louis, Michigan. It's north of Alma. A fertilizer company, uh, they processed, it was like a pink fertilizer, a fire retardant, the same color, got mixed in with this. This was what in the year? mid-70s, about 1975. I don't, I don't remember, you, but I, I mean, and there's been so many. You know, we had a caller well, yesterday about the oil that they were it, putting on the, on the roads. They had to buy the town. I mean, this is the problem when you have no liability. They're not liable. They can do anything. There is no mistake that they ever have to pay for. And then we'll talk about the missiles. Thank you very much, Jack. I appreciate it. Just be glad you're not in the Middle East, because I think Madeleine Albright said it was okay to kill 500,000 kids. I'll be back after this. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. 
From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. Very excited to uh, have this opportunity to interview my next guest. I have been a fan of his for years. He's a lifelong independent scientist and environmentalist. He's the co-founder of Greenpeace. He has too much character to be part of the problem, too much integrity. He's also the author of Fake Invisible Catastrophes and the Threats of Doom. His name is Dr. Patrick Moore. Thank you so much for joining me. How are you? Thanks for having me on, Sean. I'm just fine today. You know, I uh, often reflect, and I, I, I take a look at your Twitter quite often. I, I want to thank you for what you do there, because it's you bring that common sense from a position of knowledge, and that's what's missing, because so many of these people in your position have sold out to the what I call an eco-Nazi movement that really kind of extorts and takes advantage of people's good intentions, because after all, everybody wants what's best for the environment. But that has been seized by the most diabolical people in our society, the way I see it. And current events prove it, whether it's the Nord Stream pipeline or it's what we see in Ohio. This is pure lunacy to me. And I'm wondering, from your standpoint, how you view just these last few weeks. Wow, what what a world. Um, I just can't believe the rapidity with which this has happened. Uh, we're, We're going into a situation we're, we're, we're about to destroy the Western economy, uh, and, and, and it's, a lot of it is about energy, but a lot of it is also going to be about agriculture. Uh, they want to take our, the energy that runs our machines away and replace it with intermittent energy that you can't even predict when you're going to get it, except you can predict the solar won't be there at night. Uh, but you can't predict when it will be there in the day into any length of future. And the same with the wind. It's just completely erratic. And they're thinking, they're saying that we're going to make enough batteries to effectively provide two-thirds of the world's energy. And it also means that when you're using the wind and solar, when it's working, that you also then have to be charging the batteries for when it doesn't work which means you'll have to have approximately three times as much capacity because two-thirds of the time, the wind and solar isn't working. So uh, the, the, the Manhattan contrarian, as his pen name is, is Francis Menton, and he has calculated with considerable accuracy that it would cost the GDP of the whole world to do that. And so net, that's what net zero would cost. And especially if we make everything in transport electric, too, then that would double it again. So you'd need six times as much capacity as you have now in order to keep the power coming when the wind and solar wasn't working. So that's just one aspect of the insanity going on at the present time. And to be a scientist, you like to argue more than a lawyer. You do it in more comfortable shoes. This is what I loved about scientists when I grew up, is the fact that you want to have that discussion. You want to have that argument. But how can you have that argument with an entire section of our society that does not believe in an objective reality, 
in the reality of history, and clearly what the movement is, which is to backdoor nationalize life itself. They call them deindustrialists. I think it's more diabolical. They want to use misinformation, scare tactics, to backdoor nationalize our very existence. And how in the world did a society let the fundamental building block of, of life itself, photosynthesis, like CO2, become a weapon of the fascists? How could this be, and why can't we win that argument? Well, how could it be that, seeing as though this is one of the coldest periods in the history of the Earth, we're in an ice age called the Pleistocene, this happens to be a brief period of, 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 of slight warming out of the glaciation of the entire North American continent, uh, right down into the United States, of all of Canada and, and the northern tier states were covered in a mile of ice 20,000 years ago. And that has happened approximately 40 times since the Ice Age began, we're in one of the coldest periods in the, in, in the Earth's history. The 250 years prior to the Ice Age setting in, two and a half million years old, ago, was much warmer. For 250 million years, it was way warmer. That's when the dinosaurs ruled the Earth, and giant forests spread all the way to them, practically to the North Pole and Antarctica. And then the Earth went into a deep freeze, which it's in now still. And the other thing is, is that CO2 is actually lower now in this era of the Pleistocene than it has been in any other time in the history of the Earth. Once during the Carboniferous era, back 350 or so million years ago, the Earth did go down to a lower level of CO2 than it eventually came back up to. But it wasn't as low even then as it is now. And... So you have, you have two opposites. It, the CO2 is lower now than it ever has been in the history of the Earth. We've brought it back up a slight bit compared to what it was. It's still not even 10% of what it used to be. Plants would like it to be double or triple what it is now. That's a fact. Yes, and you're doing more damage than you are anything else, but you're using this, this false premise, which is really what the argument is from the modern-day bureaucrat, the modern-day scientist. You use this false premise, and we know what the result is. But at every instance, not only has the predictions been wrong, and they've been doing these predictions for 60 to 70 years, arguably, they seem to be held harmless from their stupidity. How can we reason with these people? And they're so confident in the data they've accumulated over the last 140 years in a in a pl on a planet that you can argue is billions of years old. If we can't reason on, on the fundamental objectiveness, and they're, they're impervious to the, re to the reality of their inaccuracy, what's the proper argument to have? Because now we see that they're killing whales with their windmills. We see that they're digging for lithium, and the damage they're doing to the earth is only acceptable if they do it on other continents, third world countries. Are there enough good people left to wake up? Well, there's, there's certainly a lot more good people than there are evil people. Um, imagine if half the people in the world were evil, a human species would be extinct by now. Mm, so, I think we're getting there. Uh, the, 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 the only reason there can be a few evil people is because there's enough good people to counteract it. And I, I don't know what the percentage would be, but in the West, at least right now, it's not just evil, it's, it's just 
completely misguided paranoia. Uh, I, 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 well, half these people know they're, they're lying, I'm sure. Uh, but if, if they call themselves scientists, they must know what the level of CO2 was through history. It was 10,000 parts per million half a billion years ago when life emerged as multi, multicellular life and, and began to really thrive. And during the Carboniferous era, 300 million years ago, it was in the sort of 5,000 parts per million range. In other words, 10 times higher than it is now. So it's not hard to find that out. Nobody is arguing about it. Nobody's saying, no, it wasn't, because it's been proven from marine sediment cores that where you can analyze isotopes of various elements and you can see what certain things were, like how much oxygen was in the atmosphere, for example. Oxygen didn't come into the atmosphere until photosynthesis evolved, which was a couple of billion years ago. But it's been going on for a long time, putting more and more oxygen into the atmosphere, uh, which made it possible for animals to exist. The oxygen was by plants, by photosynthesis. So there couldn't be any animals until there was oxygen. And now it's a perfect cycle, except for the fact that oxygen is about 20% of the atmosphere. And we need more than 15% to survive. It's amazing uh, how little CO2 the plants need to survive. They can go down to 150 parts per million before they start to die. But this point zero one five percent it's it's amazing but it's true but the thing is is that during the most recent glaciation uh of which there have been about 40 in this pleistocene ice age co2 went down to 180 ppm only 30 ppm above the death of plants and the reason for this which nobody talks about but it's a fact is that the marine shellfish, all the corals and all the shellfish, which evolved 500 million years ago and have been here ever since, taking calcium and carbon dioxide out of the ocean and making their shells with it. There is 100 million billion tons of carbon in the carbonaceous rocks, which are limestone, chalk, and marble. Those rocks are all of life origin. They are the deposits. Like, for example, the White Cliffs of Dover are the skeletons of coccolithophores, which are a microscopic plant that makes a calcium carbonate shell for itself. It was brilliant. It was like armor plating uh, uh, on a knight, yes. like a, a knight in shining armor, yes. to protect their soft bodies from predation. So many, many different species, as, as we all know, have figured out how to make shells for themselves including the crustaceans, which is a different shell that also contains calcium carbonate, that has been the cause of a constant decline in CO2 over time to the point where it was getting close to where there wasn't enough for the plants anymore because the animals had taken most of it out. That is a fact, and it's in my, in my books, it's, and it's, it's never been rebutted. Nobody has ever come to me and said, you're wrong about that because yes. it's very clear in the historical trend, and other people have come to the same conclusion. But it never gets popularized as, as why CO2 came to be so low, 
because these people don't want you to think that CO2 is low. They want you to think it's high when it's low. And it's like, what what kind of world is, are, are we in here? It's like Alice in Wonderland. Yes. So the reality is, in this system in America, we have 535 bureaucrats. That's all they have to convince to be completely wrong for decades. This is exactly what's happened, as, as, as you've stated and others have stated. They're impervious to fact, to reality. I'm curious to know, because you've been doing this for years, decades, has this new Congress, new people, have they contacted you to testify before Congress and rebut the misinformation that has forever changed the trajectory of American policy that has affected everything from the economy to now their solution, which kills nature and wildlife. Have they requested you come and talk before Congress? No, they they haven't uh, recently, but I have testified before the U.S. Uh, Congress uh, on a number of occasions on the issue of forestry, on the issue of endangered species, that was the last one I testified on. And because of my testimony, along with Mark Morano of the Climate Depot, we've been old, we're old friends from way back. Uh, we both went there on the invitation of the minorities, uh, Demo- uh, sorry, Republicans in the House before this, you know, before this last election. Mm-hmm. And because of what we said there, which was entered into the record, they canceled that record and had another committee meeting in which they didn't invite us to, but only invited the United Nations so-called scientists who said there was 8 million species of life on Earth when there's only 1.8 million that have been named. And and then they said, well, 2 million are going to go extinct in the next 50 years. And I said, well, if if you're saying there's 8 million and we only know the names of 1.8 and description of them, then two million could go extinct and overnight, and you wouldn't even know what it happened. You know, they're just lying through their teeth. Well, so I want to then, tell you how much I. Meeting, they had another meeting where they had had just the people they wanted there, and that became the official transcript for that subject. I have to tell you something. I I know how long you've been fighting this Leviathan. I do. I've been paying attention, and I want to just thank you on behalf of the generations that are not born, because if by some miracle. We can wake up from this coma that the uh, humanity is in as, they, as it wants to neuter itself and depopulize itself and, and somehow the name of the planet. It will be directly because of the fight. You refuse to give up. And uh, the book is Fake Invisible Catastrophes and the Threats of Doom. I could talk to you for an hour, but I'm constrained by time. I want to tell you how much I do appreciate you, Dr. Patrick Moore. Thank you so much for taking time to join me. It means the world to me. Thank you. Thank you, Sean. I'll come on any time with you. Wonderful. That means that you will be back. And we'll be back with your calls and comments after this. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. Man, oh man, you're on. You're knocking it out of the park, squirrel. It's because you have the Sean Thompson Show t-shirt on. Can't help but succeed when you have that t-shirt on. In the meantime, Nikki Haley yesterday was condemning the mafia and she did something that drives me insane i remember watching in the 70s milton friedman make this point when someone is dictating mandating regulating and extorting you they're not liberal 
They're fascists. They're totalitarians. They're demagogues. They're Democrats. So when she refers to these very people who have mandated everything from forced vaccinations to shutting down people's private property to controlling their movement, to call them liberals is to do them a favor. I'm a liberal. If you believe in the Enlightenment, you're a liberal. If you believe in the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution, you have no choice but to be a liberal. But the opposition to that, these people who mandate control, fascistic behavior, and even so much as taking a vaccine, this is the fourth right. These are fascists, Nazis, socialists, communists, demigods. And they don't know it. And we've helped them not know it by calling these idiots, these dictators, liberal. Joy Behar is the prime example of a fascist. But to hear her today shows two things. She's taken advantage of the stupidity of the opposition to her fascism. And she obviously doesn't know what the word means. I think that these people, these fascists out there like DeSantis, they think that we're just going to sit back and let them do whatever they want. No, we're not. We've been we've seen this movie before. OK, those of us who lived in the 60s and 70s. Yeah. We... Listen, listen, looking for your underwear in the back of a van doesn't make you an expert saw this movie there was many there were many many fascist uh, tactics coming down the the pike from nixon and the rest of these fascists that's what they are now this is the same woman who demands that you put something in your body you don't want to or you lose your job you put something on your face you don't have to or you are to be attacked by the likes of somebody who should have something on her face by the way joy my sympathies to your husband and stay out of the produce section could soften cucumbers, you moron. Moron! But she's one thing for sure. A fascist herself. Mary in Barrington. Hi, Sean. You're, you are hilarious. Um, I just wanted and to I'm say... And I'm better looking know- than Joy Behar is, even in a dress if I chose <laughs> to wear one. Go ahead. Uh, she's a real piece of work. Ooh, can um, you imagine her husband? Just turn off the lights, Joy. Turn them off. <laughs> Go ahead. Oh, back in the 80s, late 80s, I worked for a company in Chicago. We bought a laboratory building. I'm not going to say where, but it had an animal lab, which we were not allowed to tour before it was cleared out. The building was bought and they were moved out. And then we got to go in the animal lab. And I'm telling you, it was really unnerving. Yeah. But the most unnerving part of it was... The fire department talked to my boss and it told my boss that the laboratory told them if the animal lab ever caught on fire, just let it burn. <laughs> so well, listen, Mary, I'm not a um, I'm not a religious person, but I hope that the afterlife for Dr. Fauci is the same one he gave to the Beagles. It's a tragedy. And that's probably I would bet a dollar to a donut, Mary. That before you bought the lab, whatever experiments were going on were financed by the government. You want to bet? I I don't doubt it at all. But this yeah. was this was even one step bigger than that, Sean. Because these rooms that we walk through, there. I mean, they had cages. Obviously, the animals. You knew that there were animals there. Yeah. But they had a room that I went in that had huge cables on tracks that came down from the ceiling. Okay, at that point, nobody knew what that was. But if you ever saw the movie Outbreak, 
Uh-huh. The beginning of that movie shows you the biohazard levels. When you're at a biohazard level one or two, you rubber gloves, mask, yeah. gown is really what you need. When you get into biohazard level three and four, you have to suit up in your in in suits, and those cables that came down from the ceiling is what hooks into your suit to give you oxygen. Oh, that's nice. So this wasn't just you know. This was just in a neighborhood in Chicago, land. Uh, yes, and uh. I remember looking, and I wash I wash stations everywhere. Yeah. Do not enter biohazard. And I remember looking out the window, you know, and here we are in a neighborhood with, with homes that have swing sets yeah, in their backyards fine. and kids yeah. running around. I don't, people have no clue. Welcome what, to Utopia. The average person has no idea so when you what, see in really Ohio, go, what they're really doing. When you see in Ohio it, these it, guys it, walking around scary. in the outbreak suits, that's at least a hazmat three? Yes, at least. Oh, okay. I mean, look, and you know, tell, people can just yeah, do your Yeah, tell research. the Republican look voter, hey, he's okay. Go back in your house, let your baby play around him. Don't forget to put the binky yeah. in his mouth. Mary, thank you for the call. I appreciate it very much. Mark in Rochelle. Hi there. I just, uh, I had a theory I wanted to float with you. It's a little bit of conspiracy, but I just, in, in terms of solar and the big push for it, it seems, uh, you know, maybe in the last decade, or I'm, I don't have a great history on it. But if you just you look at where the, the solar panels are coming from, China, I think they make some here. But I there's big money. Ninety percent or two. There's a yeah. big yeah, and it's like there's a big push, and I don't know where all this money's coming from. Illinois, they're they're building huge solar farms. Yeah, and I'm like, well, if you step back and think of it, and, and as a globalist would, what would, would the big downfall of solar is? You know, words that are there's only. Tw- only 12 hours at the most. There's a, well, first of all, there's and, a couple moving parts here. No, it, it, number one, in the real estate business, everyone knows this. If the building you're buying yep. has solar panels and you like right. your client, take them somewhere else. It is the greatest scam perpetrated on mankind. That's number right. one. Number two, you give them once again a shield, a Trojan horse. They're not globalists. They're whores. They were bribed. These politicians are bribed to create policies right. that take our money our jobs, and strengthen communist countries that bribe them. See, there's right. a reason that these politicians, in all of the angst of the balloons from China and everything they know, in all of it, right. why are they not mentioning to stop the Chinese Communist Party from owning land in this country or contributing right. to politicians? They don't want you to see that. They'll go to war right. with them before they neuter their ability to bribe the whores we call representatives. So not, you're, not, it's not a conspiracy. It's the fact, Jack. And you don't have to call right. them globalists. They're not that sophisticated. They're whores. And for $50, you can get them to eat a banana and drop off a fruit salad in 10 minutes, and they don't have to leave the room. Thank you very much. Uh, Wes, Northwest Side. Hey, Sean, how you doing? I just wanted to talk about I, how you always talk about how you don't identify as really a Republican. No. I wanted to point out the fact that uh, the, the hypocrisy out there. Everybody's outraged about this Santos lying, but Biden lies equally as much. But what I really want to know is where is the outrage and calling for the resignation of people like Feinstein and Fetterman? All the way back to December of 2020, they were worried about Feinstein's cognitive ability. And now you got Fetterman 
checking himself into a, a mental institution because he's suffering from clinical depression, which he had even prior to running. Wes, they take advantage of the good intentions and, and the good nature of a lot of innocent people who don't pay attention. And what they do is they turn these people to where you have a connection to them. Listen to how they talk about this idiot, shorten the pants, whore, Joe Biden. Like they knew him. Like they, oh, he's been a senator for so long. Do you realize that this guy, for all of his time, has been a whore? Now he's clearly impaired. You can listen to the tapes of him from just seven years ago to now. He's clearly unfit. He, he couldn't get a job at any business in the country, yet he has the most powerful position in it. And it goes the same for the moron Fetterman. I think they feel sorry for them because they're ugly. That's the only conclusion I can come to. And that also covers Feinstein with her speed racer hairdo. She's been ugly for decades. Uh, I, I think, think it's just affection for ugly people. What do you think? I think what the truth is, is everybody gets so caught up with identity politics and they treat yeah. politics like yeah. um, like sports. Well, they'll vote for anything just as long as they win rather than voting for policy. And now I'm assuming you listen to the show and the day after Wes or I mean, uh, Wes, the day after Santos won. I, I, I can believe that they're going to let this idiot, this lying scum do anything. And then you realize he may be president Santos one day because that's what they all are frauds and liars and cheats yeah. and he's finally in a place position. where there's no repercussions except a re-election thank you very much wes 312-642-5600 marxists socialists and communists are not welcome on the sean thompson show on am 560 the answer all right let's go to the lines i want to I used to love Vegas, man. I mean, you have no idea. I've got a couple of friends of mine. He who gambles lives in shambles. But I know that's not the case with my Vegas listeners. Kevin, Las Vegas. Sean, man, what's happening, dude? You are just, you're killing it lately. I, I, oh. I look forward to the show daily. It, it's just fantastic. Me too. I freaking love it. I can't believe they pay me for this. Go ahead. How, how do we get you on for a couple more hours? I mean, are you willing to do that? What do, what do I, don't I, 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 would, I would. Listen, I, I do this constantly. I do it seven days a week. I love it. And if they fire me, I'm going to do it anyway. Go ahead. <laughs> no, uh, just uh, again on that, man, I just uh, shout out to my buddy Lex and uh, Winfield for turning me on to your show uh, Thank you. a little bit before midterm elections. And, uh, man, it's just haven't missed a day ever since. I love it. It means um, the world to me, brother. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Uh, I just, I had a question. Um, who was the guy that bragged about owning Biden as a senator? What was his name? Frank Sheeran in the, the book, I Hear You Paint Houses. They made the movie Netflix. They tried to make all those old actors look young because they can't find any good new actors. Uh, it's called The Irishman. They're talking, that oh, guy, oh. that guy is Frank Sheeran. And I think I'm saying his name right. I'm not. A, I'm not real good with the Irish names. But they they no, I, in I, the seventies yeah, about buying a senator. And shortly after, you can hear a clip. I used to have it about Joe Biden saying, "I'm willing to prostitute myself if you get the money." And you you wow. look at where Joe Biden's policies lead, and you look at where he goes today, and where he he does his speeches. They're the only ones that'll perpetrate the fraud that is Joe Biden and pretend he's able to do anything. And it's these labor extortion mafias. Now that being said, I worked in unions, three of them. Really, maybe four if I think about it. I got a brother in unions. I got friends and family. But they're the workers. And they're the ones who are shaken down by the leadership. Those are the ones that take it easy, kid. You don't want this job to be done so long. And, you know, that's the <laughs> bastardization of our workforce. And it's also the reason that when these guys come from the former Soviet Union 
They buy a tool belt and a truck, and in seven years, they're millionaires. They want to prevent that for the American people. And it's a shame. It is truly the corruption of our workforce. And it's the, it, it stifles the trajectory of our economy. Because how do you quantify what could have been? You can't. And they run on corruption, and that's why, you know, O'Hare Airport, $8 billion, Mayor Pete's going to give another $7 billion. You can't find a straight board. Not a straight fracking board. A it's a sewer. Disgrace. It's a disgrace. Yeah. Disgrace. And, you know, even the homeless people are like, ah, oh, this sucks over here. But in the meantime, Kevin, I appreciate the call, brother. Thank you very yep. much. Uh, one Let's thing, see. too, that uh, Carl Sagan clip you played a couple weeks ago was absolutely mind-blowing. I must have listened to it 20 times in a row. Dude, I love that one. We're going to get that for you. I'll play it in the next hour. Thank you, brother. I appreciate that. Love it. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good one, bud. You too. Mike, Northwest Indiana. Hey, Sean. How you doing tonight? Good, good. How are you? Hey, just a couple of things you're talking about. One of my heroes, Dr. Milton Friedman, a few minutes ago. Yeah. Uh, he had a, a book titled Free to Choose back oh. in the late 70s. Come on, brother. I hey, watched PBS, everything recited actually, to you, babe. Hey, I'll tell you, PBS had a, had a 10-part series. Why PBS did it back then? They must have had an ounce of common sense, I guess. Yeah. But they did a 10-part series with uh, with Dr. Had Dr. Assoul was on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, a whole bunch of uh, other people, pro and con of his uh, advocacies. It should be mandatory for every high school in the country. I love him, but I also I also hate some of the things he did, and I'll tell you what I mean by this. I hate the same thing he hated that he did. He's the one that helped the government take the money from the people in the form of a Social Security tax, and more, more importantly, the one he really hated, he's the one that orchestrated paying your taxes through your paycheck. It was supposed to be temporary after World War II, and until the day he died, he regretted that. Because if the people had to pay their taxes the way small business people do and entrepreneurs, this whole country would be different. Because you now have people thanking the government who gives them what they call a refund without the recognition that they've taken more money than you should have paid the whole year and what your life would have been had you invested your own money. So it's a fascinating position he is. He's He's a complex guy, and if you look at what he did in Chile with the other guys from Chicago, you'll understand just how scroogeed we are as we've uh, let this government completely take over business. Thank you very much, Mike. Northwestern, how much time I got? Mark and Rochelle, you got 20 seconds. Hey, just the crux of my point with solar was if you got a globalist plan to fix the, the dark or the night part where the solar panels don't work, yeah. you start buying land on the other side of the planet. You start bribing some some uh, politicians to buy land. Yeah. Start start programs to get free solar. Wait a minute. You know what you just did? You just answered how Bill Gates owns all this farmland because he's certainly not going to plant food on it. Maybe he just doesn't want the people to eat. Ah, we'll figure it out. 312-642-5600. streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc. He's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government with a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other. He's Sean Thompson. And this is the Sean Thompson Show. My next guest is doing something right. You see, he is the director of media and public relations for an organization that has 500,000 members. Not only that, 
The Heritage Foundation is celebrating its 50th anniversary. He is Noah Weinrich. Noah, how are you? Doing well, Sean. How are you? Very good. So tell us a little bit about, um, obviously, the climate of our nation must be supporting the mission of the Heritage Foundation. Is that not true? Yeah, absolutely. You know, you have across this country millions and millions of people who are just dissatisfied with how things are going in Washington and state capitals around the country. We're fortunate to call 500,000 of them members, and millions more are uh, you know, involved in one way or another with the Heritage Foundation through the grassroots. Um, but, you know, as, uh, as bad as things are going, we see a few bright beacons of light. Um, you know, I'm fortunate to be at the Heritage Foundation. Um, it's been around for 50 years. Um, it's been built up over the decades, had a tremendous influence on conservative policy. Um, and this is really the time when it's needed more than ever, when the Heritage Foundation and all of our members and listeners like yours around the country, you know, things are, are so bad right now that it's you know, the, the window is basically closing to save this country. And the time is really now and the next four or five years to turn things around, unfortunately. Yes. And, and you know, it's, it's interesting because I, you know, I always look at the Heritage Foundation. I, I, I have a lot of your guys come on. I'm very selective. Uh, how have you managed to navigate the potholes of labeling yourself in a definition that has, over the decades, transformed? to where now some of the greatest charlatans hide in the Trojan horse of the word conservative. But yet you've managed to do that, and you seem to have been able to fight off that embracing of such scoundrels that make up uh, uh, the, the legacy Republican Party that have enriched themselves for 50 years and navigated as calling themselves conservatives when they partake in so much of the corporatism the left does. Is this because you refuse to give in to the idea of corporatism and you're fighting for for the idea of what they call capitalism, but is really Americanism, is are you sometimes offended by the people who claim to be conservative the way I am? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you hit the nail on the head. We actually had Josh Hawley uh, in yesterday to give a speech on Ukraine and China. Um, I saw and he it. talked a lot about the he talked a lot about the Uniparty. I thought that was uh, just a tremendous tremendous line talking about fighting the Uniparty in Washington. It's not just the left, unfortunately. It's the uniparty, the people from both sides who, you know, they sling mud at each other out in the open, but then behind closed doors, they shake hands, you know, they yeah. light up their cigars, you know, they spend trillions of dollars. Easy on the cigars, kid. Easy on the cigars, kid. <laughs> Look, I love a good cigar, but not when they're smoking them. <laughs> no, and I have to tell you this, Noah. What really infuriates me are the scoundrels like Mitch McConnell. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break a rule. Mitch McConnell and Mitt Romney. These are guys that are more interested in being the recipient of all of the things people like you and I stand against. And they do it and wave a flag and pretend that they're with me. That's part of the reason of why I don't join groups. And I, if I did join a group, I, I'm more leaning towards the, the Heritage Foundation and things like this. But they ruin it. Do you experience that pushback from other people you contact who may say, you know, if you got rid of these guys... I'd be more interested because I hate a group that won't kick anybody out. And I know you can't do that. You have to be, you have to try to get people in where my reaction is I want to throw everybody out. And I'm wondering, do you often butt up against that? Yeah, no, definitely. And, you know, that's why, you know, we work with, with whoever, whoever is willing to 
work for true conservative principles. We'll work with them. You know, we're not in the in the business of necessarily picking who's in and who's out. But, you know, this is why we stand alone, right? We don't call ourselves – I mean, it is not a Republican institution. No. It does not have, uh, does not have ties to the RNC. It's not, uh, you know, picking and supporting leadership. Um, you know, it's the we'll, only reason you're we'll, here, brother. Believe me. <laughs> and exactly. And that allows us – to stick around, you know, if you if you hitch your horse to one wagon, that'll carry you for a few years. But then eventually, you know, they say never meet your idols. Um, this is why you don't <laughs> attach yourself to one person because eventually they're going to let you down, um, and then then you're stuck. And so that's why they, that's how the Heritage Foundation has managed to last for 50 years, sticking to our principles, calling balls and strikes, you know, with um, with friendship towards all and malice towards none. Yeah. Um, sticking to our guns, you know, doing it all. You know, we're happy warriors. We want to do it with a smile. Um, but we'll, yeah. you know, we'll, we will call out the BS when we hear it. And believe me, living in D.C., there's plenty flying around. Oh, I can't even imagine how. It must take you four showers to leave the house in the morning. But the reality. <laughs> That's right. The, the reality is you've been a victim of, like all the rest of us, a victim of the new wave in America, something I never thought would come to these shores, the open censorship, the open intimidation, the open enforcement of government-sponsored opinion. Are you, as the director of the media and public relations, have you been tempted to say, you know, Heritage, we've been around for 50 years. We've got 500,000 members. It's time we break off from everything and we start our own social network. We start our own news outlet. You know, my company, Salem, which is a phenomenal, it's, it's the only company I'd work for in the radio business. If I, you know, yeah. It really is. They did that to a certain extent. They have Salem now, and they're taking on the corrupt, what is called media, but really is part of the, the propaganda spin of our government mission. Have you been tempted to, as the media director to say, we're starting our own news outlet? Well, actually, Heritage Foundation did that. They did the Daily Signal. The Daily Signal yeah. is, um, is their independent news outlet. Um, because, like you're saying, the legacy corporate media will not tell you the truth. But we, we, you know, we still engage with the corporate media. We'll go on there because, you know, unfortunately, millions of people are still tuning in every night, and they deserve to hear the truth. Yes. But also, but it's a both and. So we started the Daily Signal to get the stories out there that we can't through the mainstream media. We work with organizations like Real America's Voice extensively with Salem, which we love is a, a fantastic. Fantastic network, getting the truth out. Um, for us, it's a both end. You know, we're we are on, we are on Twitter, Facebook, Getter, um, uh, Truth Social, all of the above. Wherever we can, you know, there's uh, you know, we preach to the converted on Getter, then we preach to the unconverted on Twitter. Basically, yeah. it's a both end. You know, I think there is a, a an ignorance among the American society, a willingness to be a slave, a willingness to be a serf, but there's also an ignorance that. There are supposed to be restraints, but it's supposed to be on the government. This is something I cover a lot, and I want those restraints on government. Yet we're in this unfettered, untaxable, open and notorious bribery scheme of lobbyists and the rest of it. Do you ever want to take a position and say, you know, this is never going to get fixed if the only answer is to bribe your way to a better place? Do you ever want to take on the money? And the corruption in Washington, D.C., the only place that is recession-proof, there's no such thing. Because here's my philosophy. I, I think until K Street is boarded up, Main Street will be boarded up. I think the only way to break the chain of this kind of corruption we see in our daily news, whether it's 
the train industry that bribes thirty million dollars in lobbying and doesn't want to pay to have their 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 services monitored. I, there has to be something that changes in the future. It can't just be money in the politics. Do you, you ever think about taking that on? Yeah, absolutely. I I, you know, I think there's some real reforms to be made. Um, you know, we've heard plenty about stock trading, for instance. You know, congressmen should not be able to trade based on their insider knowledge. Obviously, that's an easy, low hanging fruit. And there's plenty yeah. more to be done. Um, but there was addition, one. You know, they, there was one guy that traded 214,000 times, more than any guy at Goldman Sachs. He's a freaking congressman. How does that work? Right. And Paul Pelosi is a very wealthy man. Um, but, you know, this is part of why, again, the Heritage Foundation is here. Thanks to the 500,000 members around the country, we are not beholden to corporate interests. We, are, we have the luxury of being able to stake our positions and not worry about who it's benefiting. You know, we, we shoot straight down the middle. And that is why in 2011... We founded Heritage Action. That's the C4. You've probably heard of it. The um, the lobbying arm, the lobbying and grassroots advocacy arm is if you look at their lobbying disclosures, because they can go in and directly lobby congressmen on conservative priorities on their lobbying disclosure where it says register who you're lobbying on behalf of instead of some corporation. They write the American people. Yeah. So they are the only lobbyists in the country in D.C. who are lobbying on behalf of the American people. They are the ones in there. Yeah. Um, you know, when when the railroad lobbyist goes in, the hotel lobbyist goes in, congressmen are here from these guys, but they actually tr- who they trust is Heritage Action because they know that they are the ones lobbying on behalf of Americans. There was a friend of Dan Prof's who I had the, 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 the luck to meet, you know, more than a decade ago. He's since died and he was a lobbyist, but he was a dentist. And I'm like, why are you a lobbyist? What do you mean lobbyist? What do you mean? He goes, you you don't understand. It's not always that we walk in with a sack of money. It's that we try to give information to guys who are inundated with scoundrels who bring a sack of money. I'm not opposed to giving people information. I'm opposed to giving them a campaign contribution and then misinformation. Do you think that that ideology is just a pie-in-the-sky dream from an old person who thinks that America should be everything I was taught way back in the 70s when I was in school? Or do you think that there's just going to be this new way of you got to bring the sack too? I'm curious what your thoughts are. That's a great question. Um, you know, as, as somebody living in D.C., I would, I would like to believe that things are going to get fixed, um, but it's not looking good. Yeah. Uh, but look, like I said earlier, there is, there is still time to save it. But that window is closing. There's a narrow path in the next, you know, five or ten years, um, you know, to fix the the corruption, to fix the brokenness. Um, one refreshing change I will say is that in the last probably four years, um, the tide has shifted on the right in its relationship to corporations. Like look yes. at the Chamber of Commerce. The Chamber of Commerce used to be a big, huge voice on the right, funded candidates. People would come, you know, kiss the ring, and then Chamber of Commerce had tremendous influence on lobbying. And now. Republicans, in in part thanks to things like big tech, thanks to you know things like ESG, um, mm-hmm. these corporations have shown their true colors. Um, now conservatives are rejecting it. The Chamber of Commerce is not welcome anymore on in pretty much any Republican office on the Hill. It's not welcome among conservatives, um, and the same goes for a lot of corporations. Um, and so now the right is really more than ever in tune with the American people not the American CEO, which I think is a tremendously refreshing change. Oh, I do, too. And I also, I remember there being a push way back when 
Barack Obama was the president for the uh, the restructuring of the number two plank of the Communist Manifesto, a progressive tax, which is used as a weapon against any of the enemies of the of the gangster government. And I remember there being a big push for a flat tax, the way, the only tax that is based on, on American principles. And is this something that the heritage kind of goes after, or is that Leviathan so well-funded in the new 87,000 IRS agents where the government, and, and even to some extent, Republicans do not want a streamlined system. They like it because through this manipulation, that's what's really keeping K Street floating, is that people have to pay to keep their own money. Is this something that you've decided to take on? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, you go back to the Heritage Foundation, and the history books. You know, we were the ones who helped prepare Reagan for his, his amazing tax reform in the 80s. Um, the Heritage Foundation was very influential on the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act um, in 2017 under President Trump. I mean, that's been a hallmark of the foundation for decades, you know, fighting for whether it's a you know fair tax or flat tax or just a simpler tax system that Americans don't have to go pay, you know, $1,000 to an accountant for. Um, any or all of the above would be an improvement from what we have now. That's been a huge issue. We have a whole center um, just on taxes and the budget. Um, that's been a big priority. And, uh, you know, we, we fought in the Inflation Reduction Act. Uh, you might have missed this because they snuck it through, but it's another, you know, I think $100 billion tax, this corporate minimum tax, yes. which is yet another tax. And look, I don't have any love for the corporations, but it, this just makes it harder for a smaller, medium-sized business to become profitable. It just helps the big guys who have yeah. the tax lawyers. It's yet another tax on top of the already complicated corporate tax system that we have. Things like that we're paying close attention to um, in the debt limit fight coming up. Um, you're you're going to see us talk about some ways to fix taxes, use the debt limit as leverage to improve and simplify the tax system. So that's something I would pay attention to in the next few months. Yes, that's my fear, is that the people who are in charge, these career bureaucrats, they're too strong in numbers, and they'll fight off the, the principled uh, people who are often elected. And we've got this system where it's normal for Congress people to spend nine hours a day raising money rather than fighting against the abuse that the citizens have to endure. And uh, it's only through groups like yours that I think they stand a chance. It isn't through this election cycle that unfortunately converts those those ideologues to principles into the money bumblers that they have to become. And I, I'm optimistic in the future because I think there are some good groups out there. Where can the people go to primarily, not just support you, but to read about some of the new things you're taking on. And how do I get invited to that think tank meeting with my sport coat with the elbow pads? <laughs> yeah, just go to heritage.org. Very simple. Heritage.org. Um, you can become a member. You can, uh, you'll see our latest commentary on the news of the day. You'll see our latest big reports, you know, the, the 90 page reports that, uh, uh, very few, people um, outside D.C. read, but the, the important people in D.C. Uh, do read. Um, uh, hopefully the researchers don't hear this and call me out on it. But um, no, that's all right. uh, they're, they're doing tremendous work. Um, you can find all of that at heritage.org. Um, go check it out, and um, I hope to see you in D.C. someday soon. Well, no, I'm going to take advantage of you right now, and I'm gonna, I want you to answer a question because I, I feel I'm going to get the truth out of you. Is um, Chuck Schumer as creepy looking in person as he is on the screen? Because he looks like a gargoyle that should be hanging off a library to me. How does he look? At this? <laughs> um, 
you know, I haven't had the good fortune to come face to face with uh, with Whew. Majority Leader Schumer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so I couldn't good. tell you. All right, very good. Well, listen, you keep up the good work, Noah, at Heritage. Tell all the people I said hello, and tell them I'm going to argue for the ones that support uh, foreign policy I disagree with, but we'll have that debate when I have my elbow pads on. Deal? Uh, That sounds great. Thanks, Sean. Great. We'll be back with your calls and comments. And from the looks of the screen, I may possibly have Bob Dole's grandson on the line. That'll be after these next messages. This is the Sean Thompson Show, where Democrats are always wrong, Republicans are seldom right, and politicians are never, ever to be trusted. On AM 560, The Answer. Now, our lovely honey bunny is uh, on vacation. We have Macbeth, the loyal Macbeth, the only person in our whole company who could go pound for pound with a sub sandwich with a municipal worker in Chicago. He's a wonderful human being, but he can't hear so good. So I'm not quite sure if I have Bob Dole's grandson or Bob Bell's grandson. But before I find out, I remember when Bob Dole ran against Bill Clinton. You remember that? When he ran against Bill Clinton and he felt, first of all, I don't know if you know about Bob Dole, Squirrel. He was a legit World War II fighter. I mean, he wasn't one of these other guys. He was in the mix, and that's why he was injured, and he never recovered. And he was an old man at the time. He took a header off the back of a truck and bounced up like I never saw. And apparently an executive for Viagra saw that because he ended up being an advertiser for Viagra till the time he died. I tell you what, I hope it's. I hope this is Bob Dole's grandson, but it could be Bob Bell's. Which one is it, Jason? It's Bob Bell. Oh, all right. Well, the good, uh, there's no Viagra commercials in your future, but we all love both. So go ahead. Yeah, not necessary. Anyway, how you doing, Sean? Love you. Love you. I love the fact you called. Thank you very much. Yeah, I'm still waiting on my teacher, by the way. Anyway. Well, that's that funny, buddy. Said. I think she put it in the system, but I don't know. We, get, we are having a problem with the T-shirt, but we'll get it to you. Don't worry. Go ahead. It's okay. I'm not worried about the T-shirt, Sean. Anyway, I do uh, know a lot of people in Chicago, and I know uh, somebody who works for a trucking company who's working. Uh, they just, in the last 24 hours, pulled out 1.2 million pounds of that vinyl chloride, that World War One toxic chemical. Uh, so they're putting it on trucks now. They're they're pulling it off the rails. Yeah, they're putting it on the trucks, and they're not allowed to drive through Illinois and Missouri. Wow. Go figure. Because I yeah, remember but, you were talking last yeah. night about the town in Missouri that they had to bury. Yes, yes, yes. Do you know what's funny? So I thought that they didn't. Isn't the place where they make it, or didn't it come originally from Chicago? Or am I, I'm not am quite I sure about that, Sean. I got that. I don't know. But you know who I did? Who did come from Chicago? Your grandfather, and you. Yes, he. So thank, yeah. Thank yep. you. Thank you very much for calling. I appreciate the update. Thank you. Yes, big fan of the show. And, uh, keep up the good work, my friend. Oh, it means the world to me. Thank you. Now we have somebody who never advertised for Viagra, but something tells me he's got a pocket full of it. Kevin, Austin, Texas. Sean, I don't need Viagra. You know that. Oh, um, the rumors. Go ahead. <laughs> Sean, there's a uh, there's a quote by Milton Friedman. It's a little bit long, so I won't get into it, but I hope you look it up. It starts out, I don't believe the solution to our problems simply to elect the right people. The important thing is yes. to establish a political climate of opinion, which will make it politically profitable for the wrong person to do the right thing. That's what I'm the doing. Is politi- 
calling these red know, bastards what they are. And you know what? I, we were talking about, uh, you know, bringing a sack to lo- uh, lobbyists, bringing a sack. I hope something you have the sack to have Tom from Blue Island to get involved at the precinct level. Tom I mean, he criticizes me. He says I'm a nice he's, guy, I am. He's but looking for real estate down here, brother. He ain't gonna. He's gonna. He's gonna go to move to Austin, Texas, or Naples, Florida. He's not gonna stay in Blue Island. Go ahead. I know. So, so Sean from Naples. I just hope that you you get people to get involved. And I'm not talking about getting involved in the Republican Party. I'm talking about taking it over. I want people to go out there. They're voters that are out there, not just conservatives, disaffected or, or disgruntled Democrats who would yeah. vote for what you call classical, classical liberal people, yeah. or at least create an environment so you get policies that are going to get passed. Kevin, one thing for they're certain. About to pass, in Texas, they're about to, in Texas, they're, about to uh, they, they're pushing for education savings account. That would be the biggest death blow to the unions in Illinois, especially the Chicago's teachers. Unit. Wait, where are and they, they voting for that? Got in where are they voting huh? for that? They're not voting for it, but the governor here, Governor Abbott, has made it a top priority. And that's going to be a death blow to Illinois? Accounts. Not only because the people who are smart will move out. You're making my argument for me. Even when you try to argue your point, you make my point. Now let's go to a real genius, and I mean that. Rolf and Rantoul, you smart son of a gun. How are you? It's always good to be Ralph talking to Sean. Hey, Sean, don't be a vinyl chloride hater, because when you polymerize that, you get PVC, PVC, and it makes... And it makes tight, shiny clothing. A lot of people like that. <laughs> Listen, I'm a fan of the ultimate product. I just think in the most dangerous part, it shouldn't be handled by anybody in a union. What do you think of that? Um, it's probably made by union people, but which is kind of which is mostly okay because the guys who actually make that stuff, um, they're not really they're trained. Okay, I mean yeah. I've run chemical factories before and the people handling nasty stuff they don't like dying at work and so they usually pay attention and they do things the right way otherwise you get what's known in the trade as a giant explosion yeah (laughs) thank you very much ralph and rantoul couldn't agree more with you you're exactly right we'll take the rest of your calls chuck and dullivan he's picking things out of his beard 312-642-5600 after this He's Sean Thompson. Hello, Mr. Thompson. And this is the Sean Thompson Show on AM 560, The Answer. I think the worst part about what we're going through is getting advice from the same scoundrels that perpetrated the political climate that's destroying the quality of our life. The last thing I want to hear from MSNBC is tips on how to manage your credit card. You freaking moron. You're the one that caused inflation to be 15% since you usurped and stole the office. And yeah, you did steal it. Barr's office says it is cooperating with the investigation and believes the fallout may be far from over. That is very possible. You know, tampering with an election is a federal crime. So we could see what what that becomes um, as this progresses. Khan is being held without bail in the county jail tonight. He's set to face a judge on these new charges tomorrow afternoon. And we did reach out to the mayor's office tonight after speaking with Khan's attorney, but we did not hear back. Khan will One guy, 4,600 votes. He just had him in his apartment. Yeah, I, I'll tell you what, it does make me feel better because I didn't think that there were this many morons, morons outside of Chicago, Illinois, and other Democrat hubs to put this gypsy in office. Tom Blue Island. Hey, buddy, you know, 
I don't. I don't really listen to you and Dan because I, you know, I'm working. I these like these guys don't understand that we're being scammed. I, 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 you know, it's like you bang your head up against the wall. You've been saying this almost every day for months. We could get ten thousand more votes, and they'll get ten thousand five votes. Yeah, as you say, Sean. Until we're able to audit the vote, then we're being suckered. And again, here I go with the neighborhood guy thing. Neighborhood guys don't like being suckered. No. And th- just one more quick thing, Sean. I got a sneaking feeling, a spidey sense that that scumbag Lightfoot is going to get back in there somehow. Not that it matters because Chicago's no. shot, but they're all crooks. I hope the, the admitted socialist gets in and wants to tax everybody making over 100 dimes. That's what I really hope. Now, good for you, morons. Good. Uh, what's his name? What's the kid's name? Who was the CTU, the, 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 the Cook County Commissioner Communist? What the hell's his name? Brandon Johnson? Chuck Dullivan. Hey, I want to be serious once to educate your listeners. The day I graduated high school, I went to work for the uh, Indiana Harbor Works Railroad, and my job was to pound in spikes. And if you couldn't pound a spike in, you had to pull it out and put a wedge of wood in. And if it tightened up, then the sure. track was good. If not, the railroad tie had to be pulled out. That was infrastructure. Now let's take it one step further. They had bad infrastructure down there. That was That's what made that train derail. Now let's talk about power lines. Every time the power lines get knocked down, either a storm, tornado, or a hurricane, yeah. they send these guys in from all over. ComEd, We Energy's up here in Wisconsin or NIFSCO in Indiana, and they go down there and they rebuild all and put all the poles back up. That's paid for by the USDA. We Energy, so is, that, we, is, that, is that also, is that, I, that's the nickname of Mike Madigan's campaign, We in the Pants, We Energy? No, no, We Energy is a power company up here. Comment is for you in Illinois and NIFSCO, Northern Indiana Public now Service Now it's Friday, company. it's 644 Florida time, 544 Wisconsin time, if I'm not mistaken. Uh Yes. Let me. Add, oh, I'm sorry. It's 7:44 Florida time. 6:44. So you've been uh, you've been you've been hitting that Schlitz for what about three hours now? Did you take your uh, your your alcohol test? Like no, no, no. I no. I'm I'm uh, no. I'm I'm uh, Modelo Negro. Oh, and you're at the bottle cap joint with your girlfriend? No, no. My girlfriend. She's coming over. We're going to visit tonight. We're going to have some lasagna. Oh, all right. So you're not going to go to the bottle cap joint? No, we're not going to the bottle shop, no. Oh, the bottle shop. All right, all right. I was hoping you'd dance with some of those big girls. Because in Wisconsin, yeah. you're nope. not a lady unless you're I'm 180. Good. And Chuck and Dullivan yep. will twirl you around the floor like you were dainty, like Rachel Levine. Thank you very much, Chuck and Dullivan. Anthony, Arlington Heights. What's up, Ant? Hey, Sean. I just wanted to let you know, me and my brother, we're, I'm 19, he's 17, listen to you all the time. Okay. And my brother is going to play your opening song as his baseball walk-up song this year for high school baseball because we love your show so much brother that so, means the awesome. world to me 19 and 17 you're going to yep, play the m&m song right love it yeah the whole yeah. summer i'd pick him up from work and we'd get excited to listen to sean thompson at four it was the best part of the day <laughs> hang on kid hang on you know what to do mcbeth get their sizes <laughs> Robert Bloomingdale. Sean, how are you doing tonight? Wonderful. How are you, kid? Well, here's What's on the question. menu? Well, I don't know who we're... eats better, you or Cream Puff Jim? I know the answer. It's Cream Puff Gin. 
Hey, Jim, he well, just got his check. Oh, it's steak sandwiches from now until he runs out of money. What are you going to eat? Well, Mrs. Robert made some fish. We got some wine going, some uh, potato, potato, sweet potato French fries. and uh, You got some, some Barry White on in the background? You're going to make a weekend of it, aren't you? Yeah. I'm going to try. I'm off tomorrow, so I'm glad about Ooh. that. But the reason wow. I was calling is I, um, you may have heard this morning little, um, Amy Jacobson was questioning Lori Lightfoot on the homeless it. population at the airport. Yeah, I got and the it. question is, and then there was a midday news. She denied it, of course, blaming Tucker Carlson. And then the midday news had a report. It looked terrible. I mean, the airport. It looks terrible. How can can they? How can you can you physically move these people out without you know screaming people? The ACLU screaming constitutionality. I mean, you have to get them to a shelter. I understand, but I think it's a I think it's a Chicago sewer Democrat problem. And they're the architects of the ghetto, and now you get to wallow in it. Yep. And it only costs you $15 billion. I'm less offended at the homeless people who want to keep warm than I am at the boards and the urinals that aren't straight. That's just me. I'm silly that way. Enjoy your night. I hope there's no uh, lingerie like Carl Rove's house. We'll be back with the rest of your calls after this. He believes in freedom, capitalism, and individual liberty. And because of that, he's become an enemy of the state. He's Sean Thompson, and this is The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. You know, I save you a lot of aggravation. I have all of those clips. But I don't want to hear that fraud, that low-life loser failure. I don't want to hear Lori Lightfoot's phony voice. If I want to hear from an ignorant, arrogant fascist, I'll play Mussolini, who is the man she thinks she is. I don't really care about the lipstick on a pig she wants to put on the reality of that city and what it's been. It's heartbreaking enough. It's heartbreaking enough than to hear her continue to pretend she's anything other than a loser and a corrupt one at that. But the people who get caught up in it, those are the real victims. And they haunt. They really do. They haunt me. The stories that I have to hear as I review all of the news. This is one from last night that it's just sickening. Well, Tanya and Terrell, the victim's wife, tells me she was in the vehicle with her husband and both of their daughters. Now, they were not hurt, but her husband was driving and he was killed in front of them. They were returning home, she says, after visiting family. 28-year-old Umberto Marin Garcia had just gotten onto the Stevenson near Damon with his family when their car came under fire last night. His wife, Myra Solis, says she heard what sounded like an explosion. At first, I thought it was a, a wheel. When I turn around, my baby's sitting on her car seat, and I look at at the window and it was shattered. Sulis, who is six months pregnant with their third child, says her husband was screaming, telling his 11 and 3-year-old daughters to get down. That was his dying sentence, because he died. That's the reality of that ghetto sewer. And this idiot's going to get up there and tell you shootings are down, murder is down. The Kia kids, she's lobbying her bill so that if you're convicted of a crime when you're a scumbag, low-life, carjacking, murdering rat, you can get a job with the city. You get what you deserve. And Umberto is worth 5,000 Lori Lightfoots and 100,000 juvenile delinquents that she's protecting rather than the Umbertos and the innocent, hardworking people of that city. That's why I come on here and I don't tell you to put lipstick on the pig that is the Democrat sewer. I tell you, if you care about your life, get the hell away from these 
roaches. Because the Democrat mafia cancer cannot be cured and you cannot get along with it. You can't join your local Republican Party and beat it back. They're not sticking up for Umberto and the good people either. And they haven't been for decades. You can get to high ground. That's what you need to do. Because Lori Lightfoot doesn't give a rip about the honest people, the fathers, the mothers. My daughter grabbed her little sister off the car seat and covered her. And I thought we were okay until I, I noticed that he lost control because the car started going to the right. Sully so says she was able And what about the scum that shot him? The gang-banging scum. If they're juveniles and they're convicted in little Lori Lightfoot's new bill, they get to work for the city. Ooh, good for you, you rat. You could take these Democrats, put them all in these gangster cities, and let them feast among their own failure. The problem really is when they get in Washington, D.C., and they control our national government. Then you shoot down balloons with $500,000 missiles and pretend it's normal. That's how used to failure you get. Not in my country. It's still America. You could have the Democrat sewer hellhole ghettos you built, but I'm going to win when it comes to the country because we're Americans. So have a good weekend, even if you're in that sewer, unfortunately, and plan and plot to save yourself and your family and get the hell away from them because it's still America. Take advantage of that. Now play the music, Squirrel. Oh, say can you see the dawn's early light? What so proudly we hailed at the twilight's last gleaming whose broad stripes and That's what you should be proud of. We're Americans. We don't lose. We're just against the ropes. We'll win in the end, and the fascist, corrupt whores will lose in the end. In the meantime, take care of yourselves. I'll be back on Monday. Don't just have a great night. Have an American night. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.